a hand. And so now you get a chance to um, hear my youngest one, Benjamin. Benjamin and Shai and Rayra come all the way from Hawaii, so they've taken a little bit of a trip. And so Ben, once you, you ready to come bring the word? use a regular mic. Check one, two, there we are. Gotta love technology. <clears throat> it's always a privilege and honor to come back here. Um, it, it brings some, a lot of nostalgia for me and uh, just so thankful that um, I want to honor my beautiful wife and my beautiful daughter. Um, you know, we're, we're in Hawaii now and so we believe truly that's where God wants us to be. And so I'm, I'm the Connections Pastor at Connect Point Church, serving under Pastor Dion Maeda and um, such an outstanding leader, and uh, one of our core values at our church is honor, and it's something that I believe, before I even begin this message, I just want to uh, bring honor here. Um, I really, truly, I believe, not just for my family, my parents, my brothers, my sisters, um, I, I wouldn't be here today on the, on the shoulders of my own strength. In fact, even this church, I want to bring honor to you, because... <clears throat> I remember being a little boy running through this church, and I'm just, the grace of God is so amazing when you look at his picture of just, we only see puzzle pieces as we continue to move forward in his purpose and his, his, his calling for our lives, and me and my wife truly believe that God has placed us in Hawaii for such a time as this, and we believe that revival is coming to Hawaii, and God's doing a special move over there in Hawaii, and I, and I believe it with all my heart, um, you know, as we continue to pursue this life for Christ, and so today... I really want to come back to a foundational message, I believe, um, that I believe every believer should be willing to walk out to stand firm in and on. And so I have a firm belief and I have a conviction in my heart that whether I'm preaching on a Sunday, whether I'm sitting where you're sitting, because the title over my name means Jack Diddley Squat to me. I'm a child of God before I'm anything else. And so whether I'm receiving on your end whether I'm preaching God's word, I have a firm belief that I'm not here for information. I'm not here for just information. I'm here for transformation. Amen. And transformation only comes in the confined context of this scripture from cover to cover. I believe that if we just open this book and just read the pages, read the words, it's Jesus, God directly speaking into your lives. I believe sometimes we, sometimes we search for a word from a prophet or, oh, God, give me a word, give me a word. Just open his word. Just open his word, and, and, you, and I promise you, you can find the things that you need. And so I'm coming back to really a foundational message um, as we continue to open the greatest book in all humanity, the, the one book that has stand the test of time. And I think if we're not careful in church, we become so desensitized by the environment of church, right? We come and we do the same thing every Sunday. Can I tell you, sometimes you got to come back to the basics. Just come back to the basics. And so I'm coming back really to uh, this foundational word coming out of the book of Acts. I believe the book of Acts is a blueprint for Christian living. Anytime I'm walking and I'm doing something, in fact, the book of Acts really 
let's be real. The book of Acts is kind of weird. <laughs> like, seriously. In, the, in, in our natural world, when we read the book of Acts, I'm kind of thrown aloof. <laughs> like, it's, when you look at the, what the disciples are doing, they, 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 they walk with Jesus, and now Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he's pretty much giving them what they need to walk out a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about that truth in itself. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit today. And I believe that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the truth of the matter is, I believe there are many Christians, because when you receive Christ, when you first receive Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the Spirit dwells in you. I want, you like, I want to tell you that today. The Spirit dwells inside of you, but I believe many Christians carry, are carriers of the Spirit, but, we are, but we are not living a life surrendered to the Spirit. And so I want to turn our, our attention to Acts chapter 1. This is actually Luke's second book. Luke, uh, he wrote the book of Luke, but his second volume, this is the second volume, was the book of Acts. And so we're going to read a, this is a thick passage just to begin our time today, and I'll begin to unpack some things that the Lord has unpacked for you today. So here in chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, it says, In my first book, this is Luke speaking, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave. Someone say, do not leave. Do not leave leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept Asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power. Someone just say power. Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Whose witnesses? Yeah, who's speaking here? Jesus. Sometimes we like to be our own witness. But the thing is, but as a disciple of Christ, we are witnesses to Jesus Christ. Amen? So here, I'll continue. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me where? Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud. While uh, there they were watching, they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into the heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So picture this, right? The disciples at this moment, they've walked with Jesus for three years. Can you just imagine three years walking with the Lord? I mean, that would be an an incredible moment. But I think sometimes, I used to say that all the time, like, man, I just wish I could walk with Jesus. But how many know today he left us a precious promise? And that is his Holy Spirit living inside of me. The word said that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of me. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. That is the most profound scripture to me because I know that the same spirit 
that caused Jesus, who walked the earth for three years to do miraculous signs, wonders, and many things, lives inside of me. Just wrap your head around that for a moment. I, I, I don't want to be desensitized by God's word. The Holy Spirit, we need this power. And so Jesus has spent time with them. They've been learning from him three years in ministry. They learned how to do the in and out. How Jesus was more concerned about their spirit life than any other thing. And he says, hey, walk with me. Let me show you the ropes because I'm not always going to be with you, but I'm going to send you a gift that will walk with you if you choose to walk with him, and he will give you power to live a supernatural life. We, we, I think, I, I'm so baffled sometimes that we're not called for a mediocre, average Joe living. Christ has called us for a supernatural, powered life through the powerment of the Holy Spirit. So the title of my message that I'll unpack for maybe about, what do you think, two, three hours? Is that all right? Uh, I won't take that long, I promise. But uh, the title of my message is, I've Got the Power. I've, and, and some of you, as soon as I just said that, you just went to that song. And that's all right. So if you just got to tell your neighbors, I've got the power, you just let them know. You just let them know, all right? But Jesus is telling his disciples, do not leave here. Do not leave where you are in Jerusalem until you've got the power. And and many Christians, we we have the living spirit of God dwelling inside of us. But I have a question for you today. Are you truly walking in stride in step, in tune with the spirit that's living inside of you? Are you leaning more on what the spirit is speaking you to say? When you're out and about and you're just living your life, are you, are you surrendered to the spirit where he, he, he nudges you to, to, go, to lead to somebody to Christ or to pray for somebody? Sometimes I'll be, I'm in a store and I'm just like, well, you, you want, we want to go just pray for this person? We, we in, there's, a, there's a store in, in Hawaii called Sack and Save. I don't know why, but you're sacking groceries and you're saving a lot. It's really expensive, actually, so don't go there. But right, like, sometimes in one moment, God, God is like, you need to go pray for that person. So what do you do? That, that is a life surrendered, right? It's not about me. I have come under an authority. I have, just like Jesus came to this earth, I have made myself a servant. To make yourself a servant, to humble yourself under someone else's authority. So we, we have authority problems in America, I believe we have authority problems when it comes to just surrendering our lives under the authority of Christ and say, God, my life is not my own, but it's yours. So we're going to unpack this message from this title, I've Got the Power. Right, Romans chapter 6, 10 is what I was saying, was, I think is the most profound scripture to those who believe in Christ. You have access. Someone's just say, you have access to the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That just brings so much joy to my heart. So here we are in, in Acts chapter 1, and I just want to paint a picture of just four byproducts, because I think sometimes we can paint the Holy Spirit as this great power for our lives, but I, wanna, I, wanna, I, want, you to be, I want you to understand my words today and, and make sure that I'm being clear with you. He wants a relationship with you, and the power comes through the relationship that you have, the intimacy Jesus, um, he made a promise to the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation in chapter 3. He said that if, you, if I stand at the door and I knock, if you would just let me in. And when, and when you let me in, I'm going to dine with you. 
I'm gonna, and, and, and dining in, in context of the Jewish tradition was such a, was an intimate moment. Lunch was a very, like a snack. Uh, breakfast was more like a snack. But the dinner, that was such a, a, a reverent moment of just being intimate with God. And the Holy Spirit wants an intimate relationship with you today. So I'm going to unpack really four byproducts of a genuine relationship with the Holy Spirit to live the explosive life Jesus intended for his believers. Because how many know you're a disciple, amen? Jesus is talking to his disciples. Thank you. Thank God for the 12. But generation after generation after generation after generation after generation, we're here. And now we have taken the mantle of to be disciples of Christ walking out this life. So first, uh, a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit gives you the power to share Christ boldly. There are some things, I promise you, I never wanted to be here. You know, the greatest fear in America, this is literally statistically proven, is public speaking. And I wanted to be far from it. And truth be told, I didn't want to be like my dad. <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't want to. But God's call is greater. And, and I, I, I honor my family. Why? Because I know I'm not here because of what I've done. But God has given me an amazing family and, and, and an amazing four brothers. I'm the youngest of three, four, right? So, like, I had uh, great examples to look to. And I think that's not for nothing. That Christ puts people in your life to, to be an example so that you can be uh, from five years from now, ten years from now. I pray that you are not the same person you were yesterday. That we're constantly changing. How do we change? The Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. The Holy Spirit leading me to a place. You see, all of us have legs, but maybe all of it, not all of us walk in the way of the Spirit. And I pray that we would walk in the way of the Spirit. He gives us the power to share Christ boldly. And so here, Jesus is kind of talking from this Greek word, which is translated baptized as baptizo. This is nice. That's fun to say, baptize. It's not Italian, but I want to say it like baptizo, you know, but we shouldn't say it like that. But, but this really means to immerse. And what is Jesus saying here? He didn't just say you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptizo. You're, you're going to be filled. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be completely consumed by the Spirit of God. And what's going to happen at this time? When you are consumed by the Spirit, you will receive power. Power that does not come from your own strength. How many, how many have tried to put it in your own arms before? Try, try to muster up the strength in your own power. But Jesus is saying, I've got a way for you to live that requires little strength on your part, but more strength on me. In fact, and we'll talk about this a little more, it requires you to be weak at times, so you rely on my strength. And so at that point, what are they going to be able to do? They're going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can I tell you, he's going to give you power to share his name boldly. But where, 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 where do we start? Start right here. See, for me, I'm focused on Hilo. That's where, that's where God's called Connect Point Church. And, and that's, that, that, their, their Jerusalem is my Hilo. Their Jerusalem is your Salem. So focus here. Before we, we talk about going on mission trips, and, that's, and I, I believe in the power of a mission trip, but, but, but we need the gospel here just as much as anywhere else. And I believe that we are to be in a witness to our city, then into Judea, our country, and to, and to the whole world. America, we pray for America, and we lean and trust in God that he has everything orchestrated in for a plan greater than ourselves. But this word power actually comes from the Greek word dunamis. 
dunamis, which really is translated a force, a miraculous power, the explosive power of God. That sounds good. How many want that? I'll take a little bit of that. I'll take a little bit of that explosive power. See, I believe we're ordinary people. I'm, I'm, I'm a regular guy. I'm just, I'm just Ben. But empowered by the Holy Spirit, I have, I have extraordinary possibilities. I, I have, we are ordinary people empowered by an extraordinary God. It's an incredible thing. Thank God he's using me. Thank God he's using you. Don't, don't devalue your season. Don't devalue where you're at right now and the seeds that you can plant right where you are just by speaking the name of Jesus over people, over your situations, over your family, because it is not in vain what you do for Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, verses 4 to 5 says, My message, this is Paul speaking, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. Jesus, help us. Our faith does not rest on human wisdom. What does he say? But on God's power. It's, our faith should be rested on a power that has not come from humanity. Sometimes I think we put too much weight in our president, too much weight in our leadership, too much weight on people, but that weight was never meant for the people, but we are to put that weight onto God, on the power in which he has, not what we have. And so I believe Paul really has this understanding that he's saying, I know I may not be the best communicator, but when I come to you, I'm not coming with myself. I'm coming and I'm bringing the power of the Holy Spirit in my lives. And I believe sometimes when we encounter people, there's, there's relationships that are being built. Every time I have a conversation with you, I build a lair. And so I pray that... Um, this is the, the hope of community, even what we connect with and talk with at Connect Point Church, that every time we're, we're relating with each other, we're building layers, we're building layers. But even as we go into this community, as you go out into Hilo, sorry, I'm going to Hilo, you're going to Salem. Um, as, as I go out to Hilo and as you go out to this city, you're making a difference for Jesus. You're building layers of relationship with people. And Paul's really saying, I, I may not be the best communicator, but I do have something with inside of me that people just say, what is it about these people? What do, when, when a person takes a bite out of your life, do they taste Jesus? Is, it, is your life empowered by the Spirit enough to say, like, man, there is just a light that shines bright off of this guy, off of this girl, and I just don't know what it is, but I need to know. And God can take my words. He could take the ordinary things that I say and, and, and bring Bring the power of the Holy Spirit to customize them in a way that needs to speak over that person. And that's just the truth sometimes. It's like, sometimes I walk away from conversations like, yo, what, what's it like? Not that I wasn't unaware of what I said, but like, you just know, like, I'm not that good of a communicator. <laughs> like, by myself, I, I, I wouldn't be able to communicate that, but, but God just has equipped me to say the right things to the things that he wants to, to uh, bring to a person and transform their life, not by me, not by you, but by his power and his authority, that he, he brings transformation. It's all, it's all in his word. This is where transformation begins. I can desire change, but real authentic transformation only takes place when I've surrendered my life to, 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 to God and to the Holy Spirit, and I've walked in a way to say, Lord, my life, it's all yours, and I just want to live a, a, a life that's pleasing to you. And so the Holy Spirit not only gives us power to share Christ boldly, but secondly, just a relationship. He, he just wants you, to, he, he wants you to call him friend. As I've journeyed with the Lord, I've, I've, I've noticed that just as my 
relationship has developed. It just has become more. How many know if you're not careful, the Christian life can be, especially I'll say this as a minister, it could be so caught up in doing things for God. And I remember a word that God spoke to me when I was at Bible college. And I was literally studying to be a pastor. And I found myself in the prayer chapel and I was like, God, like, where are you? Anybody ever asked that question question before? Where, where, Where are you in my life? And I promise you, he spoke a word over my life. I never will forget it, and I try to always cling to it. It's like, you're here at Bible college. You're learning all about me, but you've missed my presence. And I think sometimes we can get so concerned about building our head knowledge of God. Who, who were the one group of people who had all the knowledge about Jesus but didn't have life transformation back in that day? The Pharisees. They, had, they, knew, they knew the law to the T, but they denied the power and I believe if we're not careful, like, like Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy, we can have a form of godliness, and we can look good on the outside, but deep down inside, we're, we're neglecting the power to which God has called us to, that explosive power that only comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He gives us that power to share. Secondly, he gives us power when we're weak. How many feel weak sometimes? Oh, man. Sometimes, as I'm getting older, I feel more and more weak. And... Uh, it constantly takes you to your knees. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you power at your lowest low, when your strength is depleted, when you're weary, when you're burdened, when you're heavy-hearted, when you're worn. God's power is made known through you in your time of weakness. And so, no matter, maybe if you're in, in a situation right now and you're facing an impossible thing, I believe that just trusting in God, spending time in His presence Sometimes when we get our eyes focused off the problem, off the situations in life, and we just say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. God's kingdom is the inside, up, it's upside down, inverted. It's just, it's wholly opposite to this world. It makes no logical sense. So if I spend more time with Jesus, that I'm going to have more production in my life. Like if I give more time to, to the to things of God, that I'm going to have more time to 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 invest in the things that I desire. God has a way to flip the script, and it's just an incredible thing. And I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit helps you when you're weak. Most of life is lived in the valley. See, we, we love the mountaintop experiences where we're like, yes, this is awesome. Praise God. But most of life is lived in the valley. And, and it's just in the constant trust I'm going to trust in you as I walk through this situation. It's not what I see around me, but I see you, God, doing something. You're up to something good. You're the way maker who makes a way in the darkness where there seems to be no way. And that, just like that song, Waymaker, it says, even though I don't see it, you're working. How do you know we live by our five senses? If I don't see, taste, smell, hear, feel it, it's not there. But God's working on your behalf. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For an example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And as you continue to seek God, we, just, we praise him. We praise him. We speak. Even as you, uh, you pray in your prayer language, and right, the, the tongues is just an evidence of being filled of the Spirit. But sometimes... Sometimes I don't know what to pray, and I'm just speaking God. You're, just, you're, speaking, you're speaking in tongues. You, you're just like, Lord, I need you. I need a miracle. I need something to happen right now. But God, in God's timing, he's going he's gonna to bring a way. Now, I, I believe there's, there's something about our humanity that we don't want to admit our weaknesses. It, 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 there's something about our humanity that hates to admit that we're weak. 
And so I use this illustration sometimes. And what is it about a jar of salsa or any kind of jar? Have you ever had a hard time just opening a jar before? Oh, I feel you. I feel you. I'm telling you. I'm t- Sometimes it's like you think it's going to be the easiest thing in life. And you're just like. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. I want some salsa. Right? And then I'm like, and sh- sh- obviously Shy walks in the room, right? What happens? She's just like, yeah, let me try that. No, I can do this. I can do this. Ah! Oh! All right, here you go. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> right? I, I tell you, this happens so often and not. And I remember just a spiritual application to this. I, I, I truly believe sometimes we wrestle. We wrestle with trying to, to figure out situations. And, and, and sometimes we just got to say, God, I can't do this in my own strength. And as easy as he can just crack that, that lid of whatever, whatever breakthrough you're trying to walk into, I believe the power of the Holy Spirit can take what seems to be insignificant in your life, what, what the weaknesses that you may have, and give you the strength to carry through. Give you the strength to carry through. When I am, our Holy Spirit, he's our comforter. He comforts us in our times of need. And he, he, he brings a strength that when, when I have no, sometimes I'm weary. Sometimes ministry gets heavy. Life gets heavy. Your job, your family, the things that you're going through. And sometimes you don't have the, the strength to carry the weight of all these things. And the Holy Spirit says, I have you. I, 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 I'll give you the strength to carry through. And not just enough strength. I'll give you more than you need. The power that you need to live a spirit-filled, power-filled life. To power up. In the name of Jesus. And I believe that as we continue to trust in him, God's strength is made perfect. And his, the scripture specifically talks about his, his strength being perfect in our weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10 says, My grace is sufficient for you. He's talking to Paul. For my power is made in perfect weakness. And Paul responds with these words, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest Upon me. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. I want to give you just a little math equation, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, but it's his power plus my weakness equals perfect strength. And this is the hard part because we have to embrace that we're weak, which is how many know we get pride. We 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 gotta swallow the pride and say, God, I need your power plus my weakness and my own humanity. Then, then I'll have perfect strength in Christ. That only comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See, there's power to share Christ boldly, power when you're weak. And this third thing a relationship with the Holy Spirit gives you is the power to walk in your gifts. Anybody aware of your spiritual gifts? You know your spiritual gifts. Yeah? And I, I think Christ has gifted the church with spiritual gifts. He's given you natural abilities He's given you things that you're passionate about. But I believe oftentimes our spiritual gifts, if we do tap into them and, and, and look to God and see, Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to download into my life? Because he's given all of you, like he's given me, a, tool, a toolkit. It's a toolbox. And I have all my passions, my desires. I, I have, I have my, my, my gifts, my natural abilities, but I have spiritual gifts 
that, God, that Christ has given me, that Christ has given you for, 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 for walking into the building of the edification of the body and to, and to change the people around you. And so he, he gives you power to walk in your gifts. He gives you these spiritual gifts to the, follow, uh, the followers of Christ. And so uh, I just want to stop. This is just going to be a little practical for a moment. What is a spiritual gift? And I know sometimes uh, we, we, we read about it, we talk about it, but if you're taking notes, you can just simply write, a spiritual gift is simply a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. And what, is that, what does that com- convey? It conveys us, it's never on me. It's always on Christ. But we have to be searching. We, there's, we, we talk about a lot at Connect Point Church. We want to help you discover your gifts. We want, we want to help you discover your God-given purpose. You have a purpose in this life. And, and, and it's unique to you. I love how God works. It's specifically unique to who you are and to the toolkit that God's given you. And I believe the greatest disservice we can do to God is let some of those things that he's given to you go untapped. To not, to not dive into the potential to which he's, 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 a, he's given to you in your toolkit. And to just live a life of mediocrity, of just going through the motions when Christ didn't call his disciples. He called us to a power-filled life. A power-filled life that is in step and stride with the Holy Spirit. So we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and then 4 to 6, it says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. And I think this is the diversity, but the beauty of the body of Christ is that, right, even Paul paints that analogy of the anatomy, right, that every, you, you play your part here at this church. And if you're functioning outside of God's given intent for your lives, you're not playing your part. And so even for, for our church that in, in, in Hilo, Hawaii, that we pray and we, we speak over our congregation that as you continue to discover your purpose and discover the gifts that God's given you, don't leave it there. Don't leave the mo- your moment here at the altar. Continue to seek God in your relationship with him so that you can be effective in the church and outside the church. Because God never called us to stay inside these four walls, but to go and make a difference for Christ's name and the sake of, for the sake of this world. And that's, that's the Holy Spirit's primary purpose is to convict people who do not know Jesus to point him to Jesus, to point them to Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit never edifies himself. He always points to Jesus. Because why? Because the work of Jesus Christ is why we have hope in a world of darkness. We have grace and peace and hope because Jesus, God said, I love you enough that I'm sending my son, the word in flesh, to humanity to die a sinner's death to be buried, but to raise three days later so that we can have the same spirit in Jesus Christ living inside of me, and it brings me passion. I can discover my gifts. I can find out who I am in Christ, and it's more than just mediocrity. It's it's so much more. I want to live a life that's so devoted to God that I don't care what others think about me. I don't care how the city views me. And so uh, where you are living right now, in the season that you're in right now, God wants to use you. And he wants to give you these spiritual gifts that you, you don't have to just work hard in the natural. God wants you to be his workman supernaturally to bring people to Christ, to edify the spirit and bring people to Christ. So there's five, before we even unpack some of these, what they are, 
for the sake of the rest of the time we have to, I want to talk about five things spiritual gifts are not. I've, in this season that we're in, even at Connect Point Church, we're coming back. If, you're, if, if you don't know this, right, naturally churches tend to swing to either side of the pendulum. What do I mean by that? So sometimes we're either super spirit-filled, but we lack the word of God. And sometimes there's churches that are super in the word and, and, and so heavy on the word, but they deny the power of the moving of the spirit of God. Can I tell you, as a church, as, and I'm not talking about you as a church, I'm talking about the capital C church, we need to be right here. This is comfort zone. Not like I'm comfortable, but this is the tension between spirit and word of God, and we need both in the church. We need both, because if we're not theologically sound in doctrine, oftentimes these moments look a little weird, like weirder than they should look. You know what I mean? And, and some, I don't know if you've been in churches before like that, but, but God has, we, we need to be so sound in what the word teaches us so that when we come to what the spirit is moving, even though we look at this big book of Acts, we're like, whoa, there's some crazy moments there. It's normal in the kingdom of heaven. But as we, as we, as we align our, our lives from, from the middle ground and we continue to seek and pursue God, the spirit falls down. And these incredible moments of the supernatural where, where, where heaven meets earth and, and I'm telling you, I believe God's going to begin to do more stirrings of the Spirit in the natural realm, but he's bringing heaven down. And so, I got off on a tangent. Please forgive me. Five things spiritual gifts are not. <laughs> Praise God. This, I'm going to hit these really fast. So, they're not natural talents. Okay, we talked about that. God's giving you natural abilities. Maybe you're great at dancing. Maybe you're great at singing. Maybe you're, good, you're a numbers person. Um, I'm not that guy, um, but maybe you're, you're really sharp with numbers. Like God's giving you natural abilities, but spiritual gifts aren't natural talent. Number two, they're not given to the elite few. Right? This, this, we got to be careful to understand that oh, God only empowers a select group of people. He would never do it with me. God uses mediocre average people and then brings the power of the spirit of God upon their lives so that they, what, be, what is ordinary becomes extraordinary. I'm an ordinary person, but with the power of God moving in my life, I can do extraordinary things. Why? Because the same spirit that lives in Jesus Christ lives in me. And if Jesus walked this earth and did miracles, why can't I? Not by my power, not by my might, but understanding that I'm a child of God and I'm coming under the authority of Christ. It's less about me and more about him. So they're not given to the elite few. This was, this was the foolishness of the Pharisees. Hey, they, they prayed to God and they said, God, I thank you that I'm not like everybody else. But God doesn't want our religion. He just wants an, an intimate relationship with you, with you today. And so it's also not a sign of spiritual maturity, just like the Pharisees as well, right? Like, if you have a certain gift, it doesn't mean that you're more mature than someone who has a different gift. Like, I'm more holy because I have the gift of discernment or the gift of serving, whatever that looks like. And so I just want to kind of paint this picture of what they're not. Uh, number four, they're not fruits of the Spirit. Or the, uh, talks about fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, right? the nine, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But those are, not, those are characteristics of a believer. you got to pursue those. But they're not spiritual gifts. Okay? And then lastly, they're not something to fear. I find this to be true in churches, and we're, right, we're trying to get back to that middle ground as we continue to speak the word of God 
but have intentional moments of the Spirit moving in our services. And I think it's so important that people are afraid of what's going to happen. People are afraid of, of letting the Holy Spirit in to watch the miraculous things that he'll begin to do because it just won't make sense to our natural minds. We experience this life through the five senses. Faith operates outside of the five senses. Faith operates outside of what I see around me, which which is totally what we need to tap into the Spirit of God. It's literally what we need, but the same thing we need, our human mind and intellect and what we see is telling us, this is weird, right? Right, this is weird. Like, this is, and, and we fear something that God has given us the power to walk in. So I think it's, it's important for us to understand what it's not before we can embrace what are some spiritual gifts that actually God has given me. And so Romans chapter 12 says this in 5 to 8. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. And if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul's painting this amazing picture, right? There's gifts of prophecy, the serving, teaching, exhortation, right? It's really just a big word for encouragement. Right? Some, some of you have that gift to just, you naturally are so good at building people up. And God wants you, to, he wants you to, to live in that vein of the things that he's, he's instilling you. They're, they're gifts from God. Who better than God gives you the, the greatest gifts of heaven? Gift of giving, gift of leading, gift of mercy, so I, just a question I have for you today, how, how, how can you and I continue to discover my gifts? I can't assume that all of you are walking in your spiritual gifts today. I would love to assume that all of you are walking, leaning on the Spirit every single day, but I can't assume that. So I want to help some of you who are in the room who maybe feel like, how can I walk more closely to God? How can I discover my spiritual gifts? How can I discover my purpose for life? Number one, study what the Bible says about gifts. Just look to God's Word. We complicate it. Every day, all I got to do is just open this book. Open this book. Come back to the original context of what, what the words are speaking to. Apply it to myself. Right? We can't apply it to ourselves before we understand the words written on this page in context in the culture and day and age it was written. Sometimes we, we can misuse scripture in that way. But just study what the Bible says about, about me, about God. Because as I learn about God, God will begin to reveal things about me. And, and we build this relationship. Number two is ask God to show you your gifts. Seek God in prayer. Just allow him to just show you what those are. Lord, maybe I was functioning with these gifts before, but I, I, I've lost touch. And I believe that some of us, we may just need a, a refilling of the Holy Spirit upon our lives so that we can once again be refueled, be refired, to walk out a purpose-filled life with power only through the Holy Spirit. Ask Him. Seek Him. Number three, examine what you enjoy and do well. God is such a good God that the things, He'll align His will, we have to align our wills to His, but there's things that you enjoy, that He's, he's giving you seeds and gifts that you enjoy and you do it well, that could translate into to, to spiritual gifts. And so I encourage you, continue to lean into that. If, you, if you're gifted, you're going to enjoy your, your spiritual gifts. 
You're going to enjoy using them, not for yourself, right? It's for the benefit of the body of Christ and for the benefit of the people around you to build up the church so that we can go out of these four walls and make a difference in this world. I don't want to make a minuscule difference in the world. Nobody says, yeah, I want to make a little impact on the life of my family. I want to make a little impact on the people that I come across. Everybody I talk to is like, I want to make the biggest impact I can with the little time that I have. I pray we would just discover what God has for us. um, I encourage you to take a spiritual gift test. If you haven't done this already, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not like don't like hold it with a, like so tightly gripped, but take it to the Lord with an open hand and seek him to see if that's something, if he's leading you to that place. With something what we do and what we call our Connect Track at Connect Point Church, we want to help people discover their gifts so they're not just living an aimlessly life, they're living a, a focused life, shooting towards their purpose that God's given them, shooting for the spiritual gifts and walking in that calling in that vein because everybody as individuals has that as you build the body of Christ and play your your part corporately. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as we kind of wrap this close, um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10. I have one more point here, so bear with me. I tend to go longer than I want to, but uh, praise God. So 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 10 to 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Doesn't that, that brings a smile to my face. There's a myriad of gifts that God wants to give us. And this is what 1 Peter says. Use them well to serve who? One another. I'm sorry, you don't see the scripture. My bad. Unless you read it in the word. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. I set, you, I set you up to fail. My bad. That was on me. That was on me. That was on me. So use them to serve one another. Use them to serve who? There we go. Come on. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Amen? You have the God-given potential to walk in your God-given gifts. May May we never insult the giver of gifts, leaving the gift undiscovered and unused. If we're gonna build, if we're gonna be ready for what the devil is throwing at the church. He's, he's, he, he doesn't care. And he, he's throwing hell, he's throwing it at, he's throwing everything he can at the church. We got to be ready. And how do we be ready? We stay in tune with the spirit, filled with the word of God, striding in purpose, but understanding what God has given to me so that I can build the body with the, the toolkit that I have. Amen? Amen? And then lastly, a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit gives you the power to experience the fullness of God. I love that. Because God, John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But why has Jesus come? That we may have life to the fullest. And I can't help but think sometimes we don't live life like we have fullness of joy. Like we have fullness. Like we have a a reserve of a capacity of Jesus Christ living inside of us, that even when we're weary, I got my reservation that I can, I can just lean on God. I, I just want to live a life that, that, that experiences the fullness of God in a way that I cannot experience outside of God because that's where true authentic power comes from. This message isn't about how you can be powerful and walk it out, and that's the end-all, be-all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, be in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and watch how, how much power you have in a life 
of natural realm, the supernatural coming down to this earth. So when we look at our lives and so many Christians, what we see is something that really doesn't look much different than the rest of the world. And I believe, truth be told, and I'll say this, right? I think COVID actually began in 2020, 2021, COVID was a filter system to really, I'm just going to say it, really to filter out those who are serious about God and those who are not. And I don't say this lightly, but I say this with a humble heart because I, I love people. And so I think in context of church, we, we saw this swing of people who, who they buy into this mentality that I, I can meet with God by myself at home. I don't need a community of believers, which goes against scripture as an entirety when it says, do not forsake the gathering. There's something that happens. When I'm left to myself, me, myself, and I, my, 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 emo, my own emotions, I will lead myself astray every time. And that's the power of accountability. And to experience God's fullness, I need to be in circumference of a community of people who are running in the same direction that I'm running. Why would I surround myself with people who lack faith and expect that I'm going in a faith-filled direction? I pray that Take, take, take a gauge in a, in a microscope to see the things around you. What, what are you washing? What are you putting into your spirit that has actually pulled you away from him, pulled you away from his presence? And how can you prioritize a life that says, I'm keeping my eyes heavenward, and I want to put things in my life that points me to Jesus, not pushes me away from him. You need the power to experience the fullness of God that only comes through the Holy Spirit. There's people who are still hurting, I'll say this, even in the Christian life, there's people who are addicted, still worried, still broke, still struggling, no real faith, no real victory. Why? There's no real power. And I, and I, I say that with love. But I, I, want, I want to live a life, I'm challenged by this myself, I want a life that, that relies on Jesus as my source. He's my sustainer. That even when life is weary, even when we go through financial hardships, and that's probably the biggest thing in our season right now. I'm the most rich person ever because Jesus is living inside of me. And he's going to continue to take me on a path as I trust in him. My financial situation, he, he, he's going to restore and heal that on the, on the process. But my eyes isn't fixed on my financial situation. My eyes are fixed on Christ. He's going to bring healing wholeness to whatever you're going through today. To experience a full life that's only found in the word of God. Something begins to change when I no longer see the world with these eyes and I start viewing it like this. And every situation I go into, I'm looking at the word of God more than I'm looking at the things around me. Yes, it's important to see what the things around me, but I think one, of the, one thing the disciples had was this ability to see things spiritually that you can't see in the natural. Why? Because they clung to the word of Jesus Christ spending three years in ministry with him, hanging on every word, inclining their ears at the table, just wanting more of him every single day. And I pray that we would live a life that our spectacles would not be of the natural sight, but of supernatural, that when I'm walking in a hard situation, I look to the word of God. This is the lens for my life that no matter what I go through, no matter what situation I face, no matter what problems in my family, no matter what problems in my job, no matter what I go through, the word of God is the lens. Nothing else. Because if not, my sight can get focused on other things that are going on in my life. But we want to experience the fullness 
of joy and the fullness that only comes with the Spirit of God. You read this book, you have so many examples of people who are led by the Spirit. You have examples of people who chose to go their own way. This is what I love. How many know the greatest thing that you can do is to learn mistakes from other people? Hallelujah. <laughs> so that you don't got to walk through it yourself. I think that's wisdom. I don't know about you, but I think that's wisdom. I mean, making mistakes, we're going to do it. But I'd rather learn from everybody that like, Jesus has, God has inspired this word to speak directly to our hearts. Excuse me, I'm sorry. My mic's usually not here. But that we can have a life changed to the fullness and glory of Jesus Christ. Can we stand in the place today? I'll close with this scripture from Ephesians chapter 3. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches you may strengthen with you the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of Christ is. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, it's more, I'm, more, I'm, I'm here more than just knowledge, I'm here for transformation, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.